Section 35 of The Epidemics of the Middle Ages by Eustace Hecke Translated by Benjamin Guy Babington This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. This Wedding Sickness Appendix The disease commonly called the sweat or sweating sickness Made by John Caius, doctor in physic Very necessary for every person and much requisite to be had in the hands of all sorts for the better instruction preparation and defence against the sudden coming and fearful assaulting of the same disease fifteen fifty two to the right honourable william earl of pembroke lord harbert of cardiff knight of the honourable order of the garter and president of the king's highness council in the marches of wales john Caius, wishes health and honor in the fearful time of the sweat right honorable many resorted unto me for counsel among whom some being my friends and acquaintance desired me to write unto them some little counsel how to govern themselves therein saying also that i should do a great pleasure to all my friends and countrymen if i should devise at my leisure something which from time to time might remain whereto men might in such cases have a recourse and present refuge at all needs as then they had none at whose request at that time i rate divers counsels so shortly as i could for the present necessity which they both used and did give abroad to many others and further appointed in myself to fulfil for so much as lay in me the other part of their honest request for the time to come the which the better to execute and bring to pass i spared not to go to all those that sent for me both poor and rich day and night and that not only to do them that ease that i could and to instruct them for their recovery but to note also truly the cases and circumstances of the disease in divers persons and to understand the nature and causes of the same fully for so much as might be. Therefore, as I noted, so I rate at leisure than served, and finished one book in English, only for Englishmen not learned, the other in Latin for men of learning more at large, and generally for the help of them which hereafter should have need, either in this or other countries, that they may learn by our harms. This I had thought to have set forth before Christmas, and to have given to your lordship at new year's tide but that divers other businesses letted me nevertheless that which then could not be done cometh not now out of season although it be never so simple so that it may do ease hereafter which as i trust this shall so for good will i give and dedicate it unto your good lordship trusting the same will take this with as good a mind as I give it to your honor, which our Lord preserve and grant long to continue. At London, the 1st of April, 1552. The Book of John Caius Against the Sweating Sickness Man being born not for his own use and commodity alone, but also for the common benefit of many, as reason will, and all good authors write, he which in this world is worthy to live 
ought always to have his whole mind and intent given to profit others. Which thing to show in effect in myself, although by fortune some ways I have been led it, yet by that which fortune cannot debar, some ways again I have declared. For after certain years being at Cambridge, I, of the age of twenty years, partly for mine exercise and proof what I could do, but chiefly for certain of my very friends, did translate out of Latin into English certain works, having nothing else so good to gratify them with. Whereof one of Sancti Chrysostome de modo orandi deum, that is, of the manner to pray to God, I sent to one of my friends then being in the court. One other, a work of Erasmus de Vera Theologia, the true and ready way to read the scripture, I did give to Master Augustine Stuart Alderman of Norwich, not in the full as the other made it, but abbreviate for his only purpose to whom I sent it, leading out many subtle things, made rather for great and learned divines than for others. The third was the paraphrase of the same Erasmus upon the epistle of St. Jude, which I translated at the request of one other, my dear friend. These I did in English, the rather because at that time men were not so given all to English, but that they did favor and maintain good learning contained in tongues and sciences, and did also study and apply diligently the same themselves. Therefore I thought no hurt done. Since that time diverse other things I have written, but with intent never more to write in the English tongue, partly because the commodity of that which is so written passeth not the compass of England, but remaineth enclosed within the seas, and partly because I thought that labor so taken should be half lost among them which set not by learning. Thirdly, for that I thought it best to avoid the judgment of the multitude, for whom, in matters of learning, a man shall be forced to dissent, in disproving that which they most approve, and approving that which they most disallow. Fourthly, for that the common setting forth and printing of every foolish thing in English, both of physic unperfectly, and other matters undiscreetly, diminish the grace of things learned set forth in the same but chiefly because I would give none example or comfort to my countrymen, whom I would to be now, as heretofore they have been, comparable in learning to men of other countries, to stand only in the English tongue, but to leave the simplicity of the same, and to proceed further in many and diverse knowledges, both in tongues and sciences at home and in universities, to the adorning of the commonwealth, better service of their king, and great pleasure and commodity of their own selves, to what kind of life soever they should apply them. Therefore, whatsoever since that time I am minded to write, I rate the same either in Greek or Latin. As first of all, certain commentaries upon certain books of William Fromingham, Master of Arts in Cambridge, a man of great wit, memory, diligence and learning, brought up in the same schools in England that I was, ever from his beginning until his death. Of which books, two of Continentia, or Continence, 
or in prose, the rest in meter or verse of diverse kinds. One a comfort for a blind man, entitled Ad Emilianum Cecum Consolatio, the other Experosis Seu Incendium Sodomorum, the burning of Sodom, the third Laurentius, expressing the torments of St. Lawrence, the fourth Idolatria, idolatry, not after the trade and vein of scripture, wherein he was also very well exercised, but conformable to scripture, and after the civil and humane learning, declaring them to worship Mars that war or fight, Venus that live incontinently, Pluto that follow riches covetously, and so forth through all vices used in his time. The fifth book, Ariti, Virtue, the sixth, Epigrammes, contained in two books, which, by an epistle of his own hand before the book yet remaining, he dedicated unto me, proposing to have done many more pretty things, but that cruel death prevented, and took him away where he and I was born, at Norwich, in the year of our Lord, 1537, the twenty-ninth day of September, being then of the age of twenty-five years, seven months and six days, a great loss of so notable a young man. These works at his death he willed to come to my hands, by which occasion, after I had viewed them, and perceived them full of all kinds of learning, thinking them no works for all men to understand without help, but such as were well seen in all sorts of authors, I endeavoured myself, partly for the help of others, and partly for mine own exercise, to declare upon them the profit of my study in civil and humane learning, and to have before mine eyes, as in a work, which was always my delight, how much I had profited in the same. This so done, I joined every of my commentaries to every of his said books, fair written by Nicholas Burgate, pupil to the said Master Frommingham, minding after the judgment of learned men had in the same, to have them set forth in print if it had been so thought good to them. For which cause, at my departing into Italy, I put an epistle before them dedicatory to the right reverend father in God, Thomas Thurlby, now Bishop of Norwich, because the same Master Frommingham loved him above others. He, after my departure, delivered the books to the Reverend Father in God, Joe Skip, late Bishop of Hereford, then to D. Thurtle, tutor to the said Master Frommingham, from him to Sir Richard Morrisine, now Ambassador for the King's Majesty with the Emperor, then to D. Taylor, Dean of Lincoln, and Sir Thomas Smith, secretary after to the King's Majesty, all great learned men. From these to others they went, among whom the books died, as I suppose, or else be closely kept, that after my death they may be set forth in the names of them that now have them as their works. Howsoever it be, well I know that at my return out of Italy, after six years' continuance there into England, I could never understand where they were, although I both diligently and desirously sought them. 
After these, I translated out of Greek into Latin a little book of Nicephorus, declaring how a man may in praying confess himself, which, after I did give unto Joe Grome, bachelor in art, a young man in years, but in wit and learning for his time of great expectation. That done, I began a chronicle of the city of Norwich, of the beginning thereof and things done there from time to time. The matter whereof yet rude and undigested lieth by me, which at leisure I mind to polish, and to make an end of that which I have begun. And to be short, in physic diverse things I have made and set forth in print, both in Greek and Latin, not minding to do otherwise, as I have said before, all my life for which cause all these things I have rehearsed, else superfluous in this place. Yet see, meaning now to counsel a little against the sweating sickness for help also of others, notwithstanding my former purpose, two things compel me, in writing thereof, to return again to English, necessity of the matter, and good will to my country, friends, and acquaintance, which here to have required me, to whom I think myself born. Necessity for that this disease is almost peculiar unto us Englishmen, and not common to all men, following us as the shadow the body in all countries, albeit not at all times. Therefore compelled am I to use this our English tongue as best to be understand, and most needful to whom it most followeth most behoveth to have speedy remedy, and oftentimes least nigh to places of succours and comfort at learned men's hands, and least needful to be set forth in other tongues to be understand generally of all persons, whom it either haunteth not at all, or else very seldom, as once in an age. Thinking it also better to write this in English after mine own meaning, and to have it translated out of my Latin by other after their misunderstanding. Goodwill to my country friends and acquaintance, seeing them without defense yield unto it, and it fearfully to invade them, furiously handle them, speedily oppress them, unmercifully choke them, and that in no small numbers. And such persons so notably noble in birth, goodly conditions, great sobriety, singular wisdom, and great learning, as Henry Duke of Suffolk, and the Lord Charles his brother, as few hath been seen like of their age, a heavy and pitiful thing to hear or see. So that if only learned men in physic, and not this way also it should be holpen, it were needful almost half so many learned men to be ready in every town and city as there should be sweating sick folks. Yet this notwithstanding, I will every man not to refuse the counsel of the present or nigh physician learned, who may, according to the place, person, cause, and other circumstances, give more particular counsel at need, but in any wise exhort him to seek it with all diligence. To this enterprise, also among so many learned men, not a little stirreth me the gentleness and good wills of all sorts of men, which I have well proved heretofore by my other former books. 
minding therefore with as good a will to give my counsel in this, and trusting for no less gentleness in the same, I will plainly and in English for their better understanding to whom I write, first declare the beginning, name, nature, and signs of the sweating sickness, next the causes of the same, and thirdly how to preserve men from it, and remedy them when they have it. THE BEGINNING OF THE DISEASE In the year of our Lord God, 1485, shortly after the seventh day of August, at which time King Henry the Seventh arrived at Milford in Wales out of France, and in the first year of his reign there chanced a disease among the people, lasting the rest of that month and all September, which for the sudden sharpness and unwont cruelness passed the pestilence. For this commonly giveth three or four, often seven, sometimes nine, as that first at Athens which Thucydides describeth in his second book, sometimes eleven, and sometimes fourteen days respect to whom it vexeth. But that immediately killed some in opening their windows, some in playing with children in their street doors, some in one hour, many in two it destroyed, and at the longest to them that merrily dined it gave a sorrowful supper. As it found them, so it took them, some in sleep, some in wake, some in mirth, some in care, some fasting and some full, some busy and some idle, and in one house, sometimes three, sometimes five, sometimes seven, sometimes eight, sometime more, sometime all, of the which if the half of every town escaped, it was thought great favor. How, or with what manner it took them, with what grief and accidents it held them, hereafter, then I will declare, when I shall come to show the signs thereof. In the mean space, know that this disease, because it most did stand in sweating from the beginning until the ending, was called here the sweating sickness. And because it first began in England, it was named in other countries the English sweat. Yet some conjecture that it, or the like, hath been before seen among the Greeks in the siege of Troy. In the Emperor Octavius's wars at Cantabria, called now Biscay in his Spain, and in the Turks at the Rhodes. How true that is, let the authors look. How true this is, the best of our chronicles showeth, and of the late begun disease the fresh memory yet confirmeth. But if the name were now to be given, and at my liberty to make the same, I would, of the manner and space of the disease, by cause the same is no sweat only, as hereafter I will declare, and in the spirits, make the name ephemera, which is to say a fire of one natural day. A fever, for the fervor or burning, drieth and sweating fever like of one natural day, for that it lasteth but the time of twenty-four hours. And for a distinction from the common ephemera that Galen writeth of, coming both of other causes and with unlike pains, I would put to it either English, for that it followeth so much Englishmen, to whom it is almost proper, and also began here, or else pestilent, for that it cometh by infection and putrefaction, otherwise than doth the other ephemera, which thing I suppose may the better be done, because I see strange and no English names, 
both in Latin and Greek, by common usage taken for English. As in Latin, fire, quotidian, tertian, quartain, air, infection, pestilence, vomit, person, rains, veins, pains, camera, number, etc., a little altered by the common pronunciation. In Greek, pleurisy, ischiata, hydrops, apostema, phlegma, and coe, called by the vulgar pronunciation, sciatica, dropsy, imposthume, flume, and color, gene also, and butter, squirrel, mouse, rofe, phrase, paraphrase, and sieve, whereof cometh Chaucer's cover sieve, in the Roman of the Rose, written and pronounced commonly kerchief in the south and kerchief in the north. Thereof every head or principal thing is commonly called C-E-P-H-E, pronounced and written chief. Very many other there be in our common tongue, which here to rehearse for too long. These, for an example, shortly I have here noted, but for the name of this disease it maketh now no matter, the name of sweat being commonly used. Let us therefore return to the thing, which as occasion and cause served, came again in the 1506, the 22nd year of the said King Henry the Seventh. After that in the year 1516, the ninth year of the King Henry the Eighth, and endured from July unto the midst of December. The fourth time in the year 1528, the twentieth year of the said king, beginning in the end of May and continuing June and July. The fifth time of this fearful ephemery in England and pestilent sweat is this in the year 1551 of our Lord God and the fifth year of our sovereign Lord King Edward the Sixth, beginning in Shrewsbury in the midst of April proceeding with great mortality to Ludlow, Pristine, and other places in Wales, then to Westchester, Coventry, Dranford, and other towns in the south, and such as were in and about the way to London, whither it came notably on the 7th of July, and there continuing sore with the loss of 756 from the ninth day until the 16th day, besides those that died in the 7th and 8th days, of whom no register was kept, from that it abated until the thirtieth day of the same, with a loss of one hundred forty-two more. Then, ceasing there, it went from thence through all the east parts of England unto the north, until the end of August, at which time it diminished and in the end of September fully ceased. This disease is not a sweat only, as it is thought and called, but a fever, as I said, in the spirits by putrefaction venomous, with a fight, travail, and labor of nature against the infection received in the spirits, whereupon by chance followeth a sweat, or issueth a humor compelled by nature, as also chanceth in other sicknesses which consist in humors, when they be in their state, and at the worst in certain days judicial, as well by vomits, bleedings, and fluxes, as by sweats. That this is true, the self-sweats to show. For as in outer businesses, bodies that sore do labor, by travail of the same are forced to sweat, so in inner diseases, 
the bodies travailed and labored by them are moved to the like, in which labors, if nature be strong and able to thrust out the poison by sweat, not otherwise let it, the person escapeth, if not it dieth. That it is a fever, thus I have partly declared, and more will straight by the notes of the disease, under one showing also by the same notes, signs, and short tarriance of the same, that it consisteth in the spirits. First by the pain in the back or shoulder, pain in the extreme parts, as arm or leg, with a flushing or wind, as it seemeth to certain of the patients, fleeing in the same. Secondly, by the grief in the liver and the nigh stomach. Thirdly, by the pain in the head and madness of the same. Fourthly, by the passion of the heart. For the flushing or wind coming in the outer or extreme parts is nothing else but the spirits of those same gathered together at the first entering of the evil air against the infection thereof and fleeing the same from place to place for their own safeguard. But at the last infected, they make a grief where they be forced, which commonly is in the arm or leg, the farthest parts of their refuge, the back or shoulder, trying their first a brunt as good soldiers, before they will let their enemy come further into their dominion. The other griefs be therefore in the other parts aforesaid, and sorer because the spirits be there most plenteous as in their fountains, whither always the infection desireth to go. For from the liver, the nigh stomach, brain, and heart, come all the three sorts and kinds of spirits, the governors of our bodies, as first sprung there. But from the heart, the livish spirits, in putrefying whereof by the evil air in bodies fit for it, the heart is oppressed. Whereupon also followeth a marvellous heaviness, the fifth token of this disease, and a desire to sleep, never contented, the senses in all parts being as they were bound and closed up, the parts therefore left heavy, unlivish, and dull. Last followeth the short abiding, a certain token of the disease to be in the spirits, as well may be proved by the ephemera that Galen writeth of, which because it consisteth in the spirits, lasteth but one natural day. For as fire in ard or straw is soon in flame and soon out, even so heat in the spirits, either by simple distemperature or by infection and putrefaction therein conveyed, is soon in flame and soon out, and sooner for the vehemence or greatness of the same, which without lingering consumeth soon the light matter, contrary to all other diseases resting in humours, wherein a fire, once kindled, is not so soon put out, no more than is the same in moist wood or fat sea-coals, as well by the particular example of the pestilence of all other most like unto this, may be declared, which by that it standeth in evil humours, tarrieth, as I said, sometime from four, seven, nine, and eleven until fourteen days, differently from this, by reason thereof, albeit by infection most like to this same. 
Thus, under one labor, shortly I have declared both what this disease is, wherein it consisteth, how and with what accidents it grieveth, and is different from the pestilence, and the proper signs and tokens of the same, without the which, if any do sweat, I take them not to sweat by this sickness, but rather by fear, heat of the year, many clothes, great exercise, affection, excess in diet, or at the worst, by a small cause of infection, and less disposition of the body to this sickness. So that, insomuch as the body was not all void of matter, sweat it did when infection came. But in that the matter was not great, the same could neither be perilous nor painful as in others, in whom was greater cause. THE CAUSES Hitherto I have showed the beginning, name, nature, and signs of this disease. Now I will declare the causes, which be two, infection and impure spirits in bodies corrupt by repletion. Infection by the air receiving evil qualities, distempering not only the heat, but the whole substance thereof, in putrefying the same, and that generally two ways, by the time of the year unnatural, and by the nature and sight of the soil and region, whereunto may be put the particular accidents of this same. By the time of the year unnatural, as if winter be hot and dry, summer hot and moist, a fit time for sweats, the spring cold and dry, the fall hot and moist. To this may be joined the evil disposition by constellation, which hath a great power and dominion in all earthly things. By the sight and nature of the soil and region, many ways. First and specially by evil mists and exhalations driven out of the ground by the sun in the heat of the year, as chanced among the Greeks in the siege of Troy, whereby died first dogs and mules, after men in great number. And here also in England, in this 1551st year, the cause of this pestilent sweat, but of diverse nature, which mist in the country where it began, was seen fly from town to town, with such a stink in mornings and evenings that men could scarcely abide it. Then by the dumps out of the earth, as out of Galen's Barathro, or the poets Averno or Aornu, the dumps whereof be such that they kill the birds flying over them. Of like dumps I heard in the north country in coal pits, whereby the laboring men be straight killed, except before the hour of coming thereof, which they know by the flame of their candle, they avoid the ground. Thirdly, by putrefaction or rot, in grounds, after great floods, in carrions and in dead men. After great floods, as happened in the time of Gallian the emperor at Rome, in Achaia and Libya, where the seas suddenly did overflow the cities nigh to that same, and in the eleventh year of Pelagius, when all the floods through all Italy did rage, but chiefly Tiberius at Rome, which in many places was as high as the walls of the city. In carrions or dead bodies, as fortuned here in England upon the sea banks in the time of King Alfred, or Alfred, as some chronicles write. But in the time of King Athelred, after Sabellicus, by occasion of drowned locusts, 
cast out by the sea, which by a wind were driven out of France thither. This locust is a fly in bigness of a man's thumb, in color brown, in shape somewhat like a grasshopper, having six feet, so many wings, two teeth, and a head like a horse, and therefore called in Italy Cavalletto, where over the city of Padua, in the year 1513, as I remember, I with many more did see a swarm of them, whose passage over the city did last two hours, in breadth inestimable to every man there. Here by example to note infection by dead men in wars, either in rotting above the ground, as chanced in Athens by them of Ethiopia, or else in being buried overly, as happened at Boulogne, in the year 1545, the year after King Henry VIII had conquered the same, or by long continuance of a host in one place, it is more plain by daily experience than it needeth to be showed. Therefore I will now go to the fourth especial cause of infection, the pent air, breaking out of the ground in earthquakes, as chanced in Venice, in the first year of Andrea Dandolo, then Duke, the twenty-fourth day of January, and twentieth hour after their computation. By which infection many died, and many were born before their time. The fifth cause is closed and unstirred air, and therefore putrefied or corrupt, out of old wells, holes in the ground made for grain, whereof many I did see in and about Pesaro in Italy, by opening them after a great space, as both those countrymen do confess, and also by example is declared, for the many in opening them unwarily be killed. Out of caves and tombs also, as chanced first in the country of Babylonia, proceeding after into Greece, and so to Rome, by occasion that the soldiers of the Emperor Marcus Antonius, upon hope of money, break up a gold confine of Avidius Cassius, spying a little hole therein, in the temple of Apollo in Seleucia, as Amianus Marcellinus writeth. To these may be joined the particular causes of infection, which I call the accidents of the place augmenting the same, as nitro-dwelling places, marsh and muddy grounds, puddles and dunghills, sinks and canals, easing places and carrions, dead ditches and rotting grounds, close air in houses or valleys with such like. Thus much for the first cause. The second cause of this English ephemera, I said, were the impure spirits in bodies corrupt by repletion. Repletion I call here abundance of humors, evil and malicious, from long time by little and little gathered by evil diet, remaining in the body, coming either by too much meat or by evil meat in quality as infected fruits, meat of evil use or nutriment, or both jointly. To such spirits, when the air infective cometh consonant, then be they distempered, corrupted, sore-handled, and oppressed, then nature is forced and the disease engendered. But while I do declare these impure spirits to be one cause, I must remove your minds from spirits to humors, 
for that the spirits be fed on the finest parts thereof, and after bring you again to spirits where I took you. And for so much as I have not yet forgotten to whom I write, in this declaration I will leave apart all learned and subtle reasons, as here void and unmeet, and only use such as be most evident to whom I write, and easiest to be understanding of the same and at once therewith show also why it haunteth us Englishmen more than the other nations. Therefore I pass over the ungentle savour or smell of the sweat, grossness, colour, and other qualities of the same, the quantity, the danger in stopping, the manner in coming further readily or hardly, hot or cold, the notes in the excrements, the state longer or sorer, with such others which may be tokens of corrupt humours and spirits, and only will stand upon three reasons, declaring the same sweat by great repletion to be in us not otherwise for all the evil air apt to this disease more than the other nations. For as hereafter I will show, and Galen confirmeth, our bodies cannot suffer anything or hurt by corrupt and infective causes, except there be in them a certain matter prepared, apt, and like to receive it. Else if one were sick, all should be sick. If in this country, in all countries where the infection came, which thing we see doth not chance? For touching the first reason, we see this sweating sickness or pestilent ephemera to be oft in England, but never entereth Scotland, except the borders, albeit they both be jointly within the compass of one sea. The same beginning here hath assailed Brabant and the coasts nigh to it, but never passed Germany, where once it was in like fashion as here with great mortality, in the year 1529. Cause whereof none other there is natural than the evil diet of these three countries, which destroy more meats and drinks without all order, convenient time, reason, or necessity, than either Scotland or all other countries under the sun, to the great annoyance of their own bodies and wits, hindrance of them which have need, and great dearth and scarcity in their commonwealths. Wherefore, if Esculapius, the inventor of physic, the saver of men from death and restorer to life, should return again to this world, he could not save these sorts of men, having so much sweating stuff, so many evil humours laid up in store from this displeasant, fearful, and pestilent disease, except they would learn a new lesson and follow a new trade. For otherwise, neither the avoiding of this country, the second reason, nor fleeing into others, a common refuge in other diseases, will preserve us Englishmen as in this last sweat is by experience well proved in Calais, Antwerp, and other places of Brabant, where only our countrymen were sick, and none others, except one or two others of the English diet, which is also to be noted. The cause therefore natural is only this, that they carried over with them, and by like diet there increased, that which was the cause of their disease. Wherefore let us ascertain ourselves, that in whatsoever country like cause and matter is, their coming like air and cause efficient will make like effect, and disease in persons of agreeable complexions, age, and diet, 
if the time also do serve to these same, and in none others. These I put, for that the time of the year hot, maketh much to the malice of the disease, in opening the pores of the body, letting in the evil air, resolving the humors and making them flowable, and disposing therefore the spirits accordingly. Besides that, as I showed in the first cause of this pestilent sweat, it stirreth and draweth out of the earth evil exhalations and mists, to the infection of the air and displeasure of us. Diet I put, for that they of the country diet be not troubled with it at all. Age and complexion, for this, that although it spareth none age of both kinds, nor no complexion, but some it toucheth, yet for the most part, whereby rules and reasons be always to be made, it vexes them of the middle age best lust, and them not so much under that, and of complexions hot and moist, as fittest by their naughty and much subtlety of blood to feed the spirits, or nigh and like to the same in some one of the qualities, as caloric in heat, phlegmatic in moisture, except the other their qualities, as dryness and caloric and cold and phlegmatic, by great dominion over the other did let. For the clean country complexions to the infected air always remain healthful, safe, and better than two four, the corrupt and infected air notwithstanding. Therefore cold and dry persons either touch not at all or very few, and that with no danger. Such I say as beside the complexion, which is so hard to find in any man exact and simple as exact health, were annoyed with some corrupt humors and spirits, and therefore meet by so much to receive it, and that by good reason. For nothing can naturally have power to do aught against anything, except the same have in itself a disposition by like qualities to receive it, as the cause in the foot cannot trouble the flank and leave the knee, the mean betwixt, except there were a greater consent and likeness of nature in sufferance, which we call sympathian, betwixt those than the other. Nor fire, refusing stones, can burn hardies, straw, sticks, and charcoal, oil, wax, fat, and sea-coal, except those same first of all were apt, and by convenient qualities disposed to be inflamed and burned. Nor any man goeth about to burn water, because the qualities thereof be contrary, and the body undisposed to the like of fire. For which reason it may also be perceived that the venomous quality of this corrupt air is hot and moist, for it readily infecteth the like complexions, and those nigh unto them, and the country not at all or hardly, and easily doth putrefy as do the south winds. Therefore next unto those cold and dry complexions old men escaped free, as like to them by age, and children as void of repletion consumed by their great heat, and therefore always ready to eat. But in this disease the subtle humor, evil and abundant in full bodies, feeding the spirits, is more to be noted than the humor complexional, which, notwithstanding, as a helper or hinderer to the same, is not to be neglected." or else it should be in all countries and persons indifferently, where all complexions be. The third and last reason is 
that they which had thus sweat sore with peril or death were either men of wealth ease and welfare or of the poor sorts such as were idle persons good ale drinkers and tavern hunters for these by the great welfare of the one sort and large drinking of the other heaped up in their bodies much evil matter by their ease and idleness could not waste and consume it the confirmation of this is that the laborers and thin dieted people either had it not because they did eat but little to make the matter or with no great grief and danger because they labored out much thereof wherefore upon small cause necessarily must follow a small effect all these reasons go to this end that persons of all countries of moderate and good diet escape thus english ephemera and those be only vexed therewith which be of a moderate and evil diet but why for the evil humours and corrupt air alone no for then the pestilence and not the sweat should rise for what then for the impure spirits corrupt in themselves and by the infective air why so for that of impure and corrupt humours whether they be blood or others can rise none other than impure spirits for everything is such as that whereof it cometh now that of the best and finest of the blood yea in corrupt bodies which best is not these spirits being gendered and fed i before expressed therefore who will have them pure and clean and himself free from sweat must keep a pure and clean diet and then he shall be sure end of section thirty five